Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah, and today my co-host Carrie Bennett and I are so excited that you're here because we're going to talk about these complex topics in circadian biology and quantum biology and make them accessible to the everyday person. So you're in for a real treat, and we're so excited to have you here. I want to take a moment to ask you if you're listening over on Apple or Spotify to leave the show a review to help get it out to more people. And if you're over on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and leave us a comment or a like underneath this video to again, help get the show out to more and more people. Please check out also the show notes if you're on audio only or if you're on video, we have them under both all of my free resources and all of Carrie's free resources. We have co-taught a course called Quantum Fertility Together and actually just wrapped up the Health Transformation Summit. We will be doing another one in a few months. So we have a lot of projects we're working on together and we have a lot of free resources for you in the show notes that we would love you to check out if some of these topics in the show are interesting to you and you wanna join either one of our communities or dive deeper, get some free resources, or even take a course, make sure to check those out. Thank you again for listening or watching, whichever one you're doing. And let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to Quantum Conversations. We are so happy to have you here. This is part two of our metabolism talk. And today we're talking about low leptin. Yes. And let's talk a little bit more about fasting and intermittent fasting and maybe a circadian friendly way to do it, because I think that will tie into this low leptin conversation nicely. Definitely. And we've, you know, we've had episodes on keto. We've had episodes on fasting when Dr. Sarah was here and we kind of dove into this more, but I don't know that we've specifically delved into this issue that we're seeing with a lot more people these days with the low leptin, right? Yes, we are. And like I'm seeing it a ton more. And I think a lot of things are at play. So first and foremost, leptin, which we talked about in the last episode, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into that, is this, you know, this hormone that docks in the brain to communicate energy availability in the body. And in general, a lot of people err on the side of having elevated leptin. Elevated leptin is too mm-hmm. high, which typically indicates uh, a, the leptin receptor has lost sensitivity to the leptin, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's mm-hmm. a definitely a leptin resistance issue. And so leptin, you know, we like to see it somewhere between, you know, for women, we like to see somewhere between like seven and 10, seven, 11. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a range in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, you know, I, I'm seeing leptins in the fifties, seventies, nineties, right? Like you're really, Same. really ele- very yeah. elevated. Yeah. Very elevated. Yeah. And, and, the, so- and the doctors are saying like, oh, this is normal because you're obese. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't mean I know right okay I know that's I guess yes. you have more body <laughs> fat so you've got more leptin to be able to release right but that's not what we <laughs> anyways <laughs> um yes <laughs> I'll just I'll just pass on that discussion for a second um but that being yeah. said that being said low leptin is a real thing too and the mm-hmm. typical mm-hmm. profile I see of someone with low leptin is someone who is metabolically looks leaner, but also perhaps it has done, um, I, I've seen this a lot. Some people who have done uh, ketogenic diets really very, like very stringently, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe ketogenic diets plus fasting. Fasting, because they usually go. Diets, yeah. yeah, plus plus fasting, plus cold plunges. And mm-hmm. it's like, Plus more mo- movement. You got to get out. I got. I got to do these. You know, five mile long hikes. All you know, like, like it's stacking a lot of stressors on mm-hmm. the body. 
Oftentimes Mm -hmm. there is the need for nervous system support too, because the body is already potentially in a state where it doesn't feel like it's in a safe and peaceful healing space. And so that's where you start. That's where I start to see low leptin. Leptins that are 1.2, 1.7, 1.9, you know, 2.1, like in those in that range, it's a mm-hmm. it's a real thing. And we need mm-hmm. to delineate here, right? Because what might work for elevated leptin doesn't always apply to low leptin. For example, if yep. you're low leptin, I don't want you fasting. Mm-mm. Right. Mm-mm. If you're elevated no. leptin and it's starting to come into range, you might be able to do some early time restricted skip, eating. Right. Skip right. the dinner. Right. Not exactly. The breakfast, but exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, but but not if not if leptin is low. Leptin is low. Right. Pretty much the body kind of assumes that it's in a very stressed out state of scarcity. And mm-hmm. so in in that in that case, you need to tell the body that it's safe and it is nourished. And the way you tell the body it is safe and it is nourished is you go outside at sunrise and you tell at the time of day, you mm-hmm. touch this, the bare earth or bare earth, touch earth is bare, but you touch bare skin to the earth so that you, um, you soak up electrons and mag you, it's an enhanced magnetic signal that geolocates you on the planet. And then you, it, it, it not necessarily in this order, but then you also have breakfast and mm-hmm. breakfast is big. It's satiating. It's still quote unquote healthy, right? I'm not talking about mm-hmm. eating a big bowl of cereal, but right. low leptin I find does respond to more healthy carbohydrates, things mm-hmm. like sweet potatoes, things like cabbage or adding more vegetables mm-hmm. and stuff into that breakfast meal. And mm-hmm. we you want that meal to be satiating. So typically it's typically a big meal, right? You want to tell your body it's nourished. What time of day it is, where are you on the planet? Okay. I'm safe. Right. And like, those are, those are some key safety signals that the body has to, that the body wants to check, um, in the morning. And then that's over time, that pattern can really improve low leptin. Big time. And, you know, for me, I was low leptin, but I still had weight to lose. I was puffy, inflamed, had weight to lose. Um, I had gained 20 pounds from this kind of like fasting and I was carnivore for two years straight. And I was very dogmatic. I was not going to cheat. I was not going to go off plan. You know, I just wasn't going to do it, but I had gotten my body into this complete metabolic disaster from not eating any carbs for two years and adding in fasting. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, what is going on? And so for me to come out of that and I would never eat breakfast, I was never doing breakfast. I was doing like making sure you wear my, you know, Fitbit, making sure I'm getting 10,000 steps a day, you know, trying to do high intensity interval training. I was trying so hard to lose this extra weight that came on me because carnivore and fasting worked for me for a time period, took down the inflammation, made me feel better, helped my gut issues, helped so many Uh things. And then about after a year, it stopped working, but I kept on pushing for an additional year. And I see this so often with women, especially it's like, it worked for me for a year or however long they did it. Then the last year, six months, whatever, it hasn't been working. I've been gaining weight. You know, my body is just kind of like freaking out. I don't know what to do. And, but I'm going to push harder at it. Like that's I'm going to push harder. 
Right. That's what I would do. I'm going to do a 72 hour fast. I'm going to do more, you know, I'm going to do more of this. And then I'm I would going to get into deep ketosis, right? I'm not getting deep enough into ketosis or I longer. 6.0 cool ketones at one point. I remember I was doing like this high fat thing with like beef suet and a small amount of protein. I was really limiting my protein to like 60 grams of protein per day and doing like 200 grams of fat plus. And I had ketones of 6.0 and my glucose was super low too. My blood sugar was low. It was like in the sixties, like really low. I could not lose the weight. My body was like, what is going on here? And so I was in deep ketosis. I was driving myself there and I was trying to do all this stuff. And my body was just like, no, you know, my leptin was super low when I finally tested it. And so to come out of that, you know, I had to eat breakfast and I had to start cycling in some carbs, which was scary to me because I was like, if I eat carbs, the devil, like I've been carnivore for two years. Yes. Year one, I saw all these amazing things happen with my health from cutting the carbs out. But year two is like, eh, not so much. So what's going to happen if I actually do cycle in some healthy carbs? I didn't go and eat, you know, cakes and ice creams and cookies and candy and all that. crap. No, it was like, if I eat some root vegetables, if I eat um, baked potato, if I, you know, just these things and my body actually was like, oh, mm -hmm. and implemented all the circadian biology because that's part of it. Because people come to it and they're like, I've got low leptin. What do I need to eat? What do I need to put in my body? What's it's all everyone's so obsessed with the food part. They don't do the light piece. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer and it may not even work for you if you don't do the light stuff. And then when I did all of that consistently, I dropped 30 pounds, right? And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's, it's a leap of faith for people when they're kind of in that like keto and fasting and carnivore, carb restriction and carbs the devil. And it's, you know, and it's, it's really scary to wrap your head around that, but it, 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 I've seen it work with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm not saying I'm not, you're not bad mouthing the carnivore diet. We're not bad. mouthing. No, not at all. The ketogenic diet in any capacity. But what we're saying is long-term, they don't maintain metabolic flexibility. Long-term, I find them to be too big of a stressor on the majority of clients. And while they have therapeutic applications, for example, like you said, I have seen in conjunction with the circadian stuff, right? I have seen people with very severe ulcerative colitis, for example, mm -hmm. do very mm -hmm. well on a carnivore diet in conjunction with yeah. circadian principles, right? Mm -hmm. um, I've seen people mm -hmm. with other gut, gut issues as well. But, you know, the majority of people, um, it's like, it is a, it's a temporary therapy. It's a therapy mm -hmm. that you go through basically. And mm -hmm. you want then mm -hmm. to make sure you have metabolic flexibility and a gut that mm -hmm. can digest seasonal carbohydrates, right? That right. is the end game. Right. Um, we're not as much as, you know, I think that there's some big proponents out there of the carnivore diet who say you never have to eat a blueberry ever again in your life, or you never have to eat a vegetable ever again in your life. I think that we're designed to eat what we would have come across. <laughs> yeah. You have to ask like, is that, yeah, sure. You don't necessarily have to, you really don't have to, but is that optimal? Is that going to be the best thing for your hormones? Is that, is it, you know, that's the question to ask because I was in the, that camp of like, no, I don't have to eat carbs ever again. And I, you know, like I said, it helped me so much that I was just like scared because mm -hmm. I was one of those people with the gut issues. Like, I mean, my husband was just actually reminding me the other night. He's like, remember 
when you would get, like, this is kind of gross, but you would get gas to the point where you're like laying down for bed that night and it would start and it would literally go all night to the, like, and it would wake him up like all night, like wretched, wretched gas, like horror. This is like, oh yeah, I remember that. I mean, not your gas, never smelled your gas, Sarah, but like, (laughs) I get it. (laughs) What the heck? And I would just look pregnant half the time. I would like walk around with a bloated belly. I had eczema, you know, my doctor said I had IBS and there's not really much you can do about it. Sorry. And so I have to give props, the carnivore diet, ever since I did do it therapeutically for that time, that stuff has never come back. Mm -hmm. It never came back for me with the gas that would keep me up all night and the skin issues and the like bloating and the horrible pain. I was, I was in a lot of pain with my gut. And so I always have to say that I think the carnivore diet can be really great for that. But the thing is, once it stops working, once your body starts giving you the signals or you're storing fat, right? you're not sleeping, you're feeling wired. Yeah. You know, anxiety is up. Your menstrual cycle length has changed. I would lose. I had no yeah. cycle. Yeah. Like I would go like two, three months with no cycle. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm almost 40. So, <laughs> and then I'm like, no, that's not okay. Cause that's what the carnivore people take. Well, you're probably getting to menopause. Like, wait a minute. That's not normal to not have your period when you're four. Like, that's not normal. Um, so I started questioning a lot of this advice I was being given. Thank God. Um, a lot of carnivore proponents are men too, like big, big influence, right. That they don't have that type of thing that they're tracking on a regular basis. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's Mm -hmm. different. It's different. And while these things have therapeutic potential, or I have used ketogenic diets with clients to help them become more metabolically flexible, but yes. not, but you know, but always it's like, okay, now we cycle out because you have the to maintain end that. goal. Mm-hmm. It's the end goal. You it's to develop metabolic flexibility. And yes, the ketogenic diet might be needed for something like epilepsy, right? Or mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. a carnivore diet might be needed for really severe ulcerative claims. I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But the, the majority of people need to view this as a healing modality even clients I've had who've gone vegan for a period of time, right? It mm-hmm. healed some things, and then yep. long term, it wasn't the it wasn't it wasn't obvi- obviously. Then things started popping up. So if you're at that point where things are starting to pop up after having a healing experience, you have mm-hmm. to start questioning. It's not about doing what you're doing right now. It's not about doing it harder or more extreme, because that's absolutely mm-hmm. where leptin starts to get deranged as well. Um, if ketosis isn't working for you anymore. Don't worry about getting into deeper ketosis. Don't worry about extending yeah. plunges or or longer fasts. It's like no, no, we mm-hmm. have to really shift this. And what if your leptin test low? You have to ask yourself, what am I doing on a regular basis that feels safe and nourishing? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was it's interesting to ask people who are have been in, on this these really you know challenging low leptin journeys where their their leptin is mm-hmm. low and their body is in this state of stress and scarcity. Mm-hmm. And um a lot of times people don't have anything that that has been nourishing them or brings them joy. It's mm-hmm. just very much a I, I need to do this because I see other people doing these things mm-hmm. who technically have mm-hmm. elevated leptin, right? I need to do these things that these people are doing. And eventually at the end game, I'll, I'll feel good. Like they're feeling it's like, no, mm-hmm. no low yeah. leptin is a completely different category that we do yeah. have to make sure that we address. I know you do, but I think there's a lot enough people out there who, um, it just gets, unfortunately 
they, they try to push deeper and deeper into a stress mm-hmm. and their body gets stressed more and more stressed. And it's not, it's not metabolically healthy. It's not developing yeah. metabolic flexibility. Yeah. And the a question I get asked a lot is like, how do I know if I have elevated leptin versus low leptin? I still have some like, cause they hear my story and they're like, I still have some weight to lose. How do I know if it's high leptin versus low leptin? So I'd love to hear your take on that. And then I can, you know, I generally tell people to test if it went in doubt, Mm -hmm. unless they have got very classic symptoms of one or the other. And Mm -hmm. so my, my classic um, symptoms that I tend to people with, with, in terms of low leptin are, you know, how much intermittent, like, okay, let's talk about, uh, are you intermittent fasting? Mm-hmm. Right. Like what's your history of intermittent fasting? What's your history of ketosis and cold plunging and mm-hmm. these types of stressors, mm-hmm. keto, like yeah, ketosis stressors. And, um, where is your nervous system at? Like, do you feel like you're like, I ask that talk a lot about the emotional health, what, how one's nervous system is responsive. What's your sleep? Like, what's the quality of your sleep? Um, how, how wired do you feel like these are things that in general, I can tend towards uh, thinking low leptin and nine times out of 10, when someone gets their blood work done, it, it proves true. Um, whereas on the other side of things, a lot of people know when they're elevated leptin because it really is feels more like classic hypothyroidy type stuff that I'll, that I'll hear about. You know, in terms of uh, my metabolism, no matter what I do, my metabolism doesn't do anything. But you know, so that so so I can kind of suss it out based on symptoms. But you know, it never hurts to do a blood draw. Just make note if you do a blood draw, it has to be fasted. Doctors won't tell you that, nor will the blood work. Um, right. Show that, but yeah, because I'll have people like, I got my leptin tested. I'm like, did you? And they were like, it's really elevated. I'm like, what time of day? And did you eat something first? And yeah, yeah it's got to be 12 to 14 hours fasted. I don't like people to go much beyond 14 hours because that can make it falsely low. And it needs to be in the morning. You know, it, it's mm. that's really going to be the ideal time to do it is that morning period. Mm. And yeah, it's got to be fasted. So yeah, yeah, because leptin yeah. signaling changes in response to what we're eating, day. right? The amount yeah. of leptin mm-hmm. that gets released to get to dock and communicate changes based mm-hmm. on what we're eating. So yeah, yeah, someone was like, I just I ate like a, a sandwich and um a soda, and then I did, got my leptin test. I'm like, well, that's why it's so high. <laughs> yeah. well, it's part of why it's so high, but that is not an accurate measure if you're mm-hmm. testing it that way. You got to do it fast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I mean, this, if you some, if you're someone, and a lot of times with low leptin too, yes, there's like, like you were talking about, there might be an additional puffiness or like a, mm-hmm. an additional bit of weight that the body is holding on to for sure. But a lot of times these individuals are also doing it for, because they're just trying to do things that are health supportive of their health and they found the nutrition route, right? And they Mm -hmm. found, and they found Mm -hmm. fasting and it's Mm -hmm. like, and yes, these things, these modalities can be beneficial. They absolutely can be. But if you've gone in this route, because you're trying to heal from anxiety, like anxiety, depression, an inflammatory condition, brain health, right? If you're trying to heal and you're, you've got, done these things that we're talking about that we see are low leptin and it's not improving for you, things aren't improving for you, then you kind of have to rethink, right? It, these low leptin, these things might be driving your leptin even lower and you really have to kind yep. of re-engage with what might be beneficial for you. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it's all about the correct signals that you're giving your body. I think that's what's the most important thing is like what signals are you giving your body? Does it feel safe? 
Does it know where you are on the planet? Does it know what time of day it is? So it can make the appropriate hormones. And that low leptin situation happens when you have not, you've been taking too many signals away from it. You know, it's like not eating. Or every signal is saber-toothed tiger, right? Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, and that's where the nervous system work can be very helpful. I, you know, always talk about Irene Lyon. I know you do as well. And that was one of the things that I did on my low leptin journey was her programs, was letting myself go through that nervous system work and doing that. And I think that's a key element for people in the healing period that they might be missing is like, they're not looking at the nervous system piece and they're just so, and I see this a lot with low leptin as well. It's like, well, okay, what, how, how much do I need to eat? And what are the macros? And like, should I do keto? And I've been doing keto and I've been cold plunging and I've been doing this and I've been doing, and it's like, Ooh, honey, like what happened? Like there's some, some trauma, some nervous system, like were your parents unreasonable with you and had these ridiculously high expectations of you as a child that is causing you now to have all this control with what you're eating and, and this health behavior that you're having. Like people have been through a lot of things, you know, and they don't, see that emotional print that's on the body, the nervous system print as part of this overall picture as well, you know? Totally, totally. You know, again, as you said, that there could be some emotional trauma, some nervous system dysregulation. It could be the the typical high achieving type A personality who just wants to go, go, go and get after it as best as they can, Mm -hmm. as quickly as possible, as perfectly as possible, right? Again. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, in general, in a world in which I think runs fast and hot and stressful, in general, less is more. Mm-hmm. More time to really kind of just, I don't know, sit with ourselves. More meditation, more mm-hmm. like less, less even information seeking, right? Because right. so many of us, me included, right? Guilty, love information read, 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 podcast, 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 you know, yeah. uh, study, study, study. And it's like, we have to really, I think, pull back. And sometimes like my goal is to, to spend time every day in what would be classically called boredom, right? Mm-hmm. Because in yeah. boredom, it's just like, I'm staring at the tree in the backyard and I'm just kind of letting my body just decompress and unwind. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I get the opportunity to meditate, which is lovely as well, right? Another moment yes. of just kind of peace and releasing the need to think <laughs> and process. Yep. And it, it just feels good. And I just think that that's not uh, brought into the conversation of metabolism at all either. It's all about no. go, 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 do, 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 burn those calories. And uh, I've got such a healthier metabolism doing such so much less now than I ever have before. It's... um it's wild to me, but I, yeah, full believer. Yeah. I completely, completely agree. And it's, we have to look at the whole picture and, you know, so I love these conversations because you and I talk to people every single day. We have our own experience with our own bodies and background. And I think that hopefully people can see the bio-individuality, but also the overarching message of us kind of needing a lot of the same things as well. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, what else? Anything else that we want to talk about with low leptin or let's, let's just, let's, I know we talked about this with Dr. Sarah, but let's just throw this in here. Right. Mm. 
if you're low leptin, right, we, I encourage three meals and and that it's a really good, it's a really good way uh, to wrap your brain around like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You Mm -hmm. can lower essentially the amount that you're eating, but still nourishing foods at each meal. If you're Mm -hmm. low leptin, I like you to have carbs at most of those meals. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and again, like you're kind of reducing the amount and you can still have three meals a day and do what we would call more of an intermittent fasting style if you space those meals about four to five hours apart. And mm-hmm. so you're still also then taking advantage of not going to bed with a full stomach. You're still taking advantage of that extra repair that can happen at night when you're sleeping, but you're doing mm-hmm. it in a way that that takes your body into the state, a state of rest and nur- it feels nourished and safe to heal. Uh, as yep. opposed to the other way around. So um, I, I love to structure meals, make sure people are eating three meals a day if they have low leptin. Elevated mm-hmm. leptin kind of depends, right? Always breakfast. Yep. And it kind of depends in terms of maybe time of year, um, you know, what what someone like maybe two meals within a certain window of time, what the size yep. of those meals looks like. So there's a little bit of wiggle room there. But again, I, I hope everyone's hearing like, it's a rare instance that I would ever say, yeah, sure, go ahead and delay, uh, you know, everyday intermittent fast until 2 p.m. Actually, I don't think that yeah. those words have ever come out of my mouth, frankly, Me in the past five years. Uh-uh. So, Mm-mm. so Mm-mm. yeah, it's just, I mean, and can't, do I every once in a while, I'm, I'm metabolic, I, I'm metabolically healthy. And do I, do I every once in a while throw in fasting, like extended fast? Mm-hmm. I do. I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. But I also, but you know, that's another, I also listen to my body with that stuff. And I want mm-hmm. other people to listen to their bodies too. So if yep. what you're doing is too stressful, you will notice it in things like anxiety, sleep, sleep, cravings, cravings pick back up, your oh, body yeah. temperature will go down all of a sudden your hair is not going to feel as like, and your, or your skin isn't going to feel as, you know, good, vibrant, uh, yeah, vibrant. Yeah. Um, your, your menstrual cycle will change. So pay mm-hmm. attention to those things. And you, if you have a couple of those key signals, just kind of always in, in, in the brain that you're observing every, you know, throughout the day or throughout the week, then guess what? You can adapt it for yourself. You can figure mm-hmm. out, okay, well, I feel really good eating breakfast mm-hmm. at sunrise, four hours later, four hours later, and then fasting at night. And wow, that feels really good. Or wow, no, I feel actually really good. I left it. I feel really good eating two meals a day. And then once you develop metabolic flexibility, which you all are doing, right? We all, it's, well, that's the end game. Yes. Everyone to be metabolically for flexible. everyone. Then you can, then you can choose too. you can choose kind of how you want to structure your eating. I know Sarah and I were metabolically flexible. I still love a breakfast that Mm -hmm. I would recommend for people who have high leptin, really low Mm -hmm. carb, high in fat, right? Right. It's like, that feels good to me. That feels so Mm -hmm. nourishing to me. Whereas Mm -hmm. I know other people who are metabolically flexible, they love, no joke, they love sweet potatoes with breakfast in conjunction with their with their healthy fats and proteins. Yep. It's fine too, right? They yep. know what nourishes them and what feels good to mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. I know what nourishes me and feels good to me as well. And so that's the end game then is to then understand when you're in the state of metabolic flexibility, what your body, how to eat in a way that feels supportive to your body. But also mm-hmm. if you want to at that point, how to fast in a way that feels supportive right. to your body. Um, right, right how to intermittent fast in a way that feels supportive to your body. Like there is some wiggle room at that point. And this is and kind of getting in touch with the signals your body is giving you, whether you're mm-hmm. low leptin or high leptin helps you hone in on that. So once you are metabolically flexible, you can adapt to, to things that really suit what your body is asking for. 
Exactly. And for me, now that I'm, you know, my weight is in a good place, I don't need to lose any more weight at all. I'm good. You know, I will have times in the month where I'm like, I today is a day where I need a little bit more carbohydrate. Today, I need more um, root vegetables, maybe do some baked apples, do something that's a little more like carb heavy for that day. I'm still going to, I still start my day off with a pretty much carnivore breakfast still, cause it just feels the best for me. But there are days where I'm like today I need this because I didn't sleep as well, or it's getting close to my cycle and my body is just kind of needing more energy. And so I do have those days where I will bring that in. Um, and it helps. And it's like, Oh, I feel better. I sleep great that night. I don't have hormonal issues. And it's like, yeah, my, I'm, I'm in tune with that. I'm very left and sensitive. So I know how to listen to those signals, but that takes time and that it doesn't happen in uh, a month. It doesn't for most people, it doesn't happen for me. I've been doing this for years now. And so I'm at this place where I'm very in touch with those signals of like, you know, and same thing with fasting. Like you said, sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't need to eat dinner tonight. I think I, you know, a fast is, I feel like I need to do a, you know, maybe a 24 hour fast. Now, again, I'm not trying to lose weight right now. So I don't really push a lot of that in. I'm like, mm, perhaps we just need to eat dinner, you know, but, but I don't, I don't get those urges, mm-hmm. you know, I really don't. Um, cool, so yeah. I'm not trying to really lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I do throw a bit of fasting in typically around a lunar cycle in conjunction with mm-hmm. just, just kind of as a, like a, time of it really is more spiritual than weight in, in, in any capacity right it's like a time where I just yeah. have, I have more time to dedicate to just kind of mm-hmm. meditating or getting in touch with mm-hmm. you know, my this that spiritual aspect of healing and health that I that I love to, to dive into and mm-hmm. uh, but say but I was on a I was I was gonna do and I don't do these all the time but I was gonna I was on the in the process of doing a dare I say three-day dry fast, people are going to freak out by that. So that's a whole other oh, yeah. we might be able to, uh, totally. Yeah. We, yeah. We might be able to debunk that one, but, um, but so, so I was, I was on the, in the process of doing about a three-day dry fast and at the 48, now it's probably like the 46 hour mark. My body was just like, that's enough, you know, yeah. go ahead and break it. Yeah. But I know enough about it. Like I, I'm in touch yeah. with my body signals enough to, to know, okay, that was enough for my body. No more autophagy needed, nothing else. And then Voila. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll revisit that again. I'll revisit another, maybe fast in six months. Who knows? Right. Eight yeah, months. Ten exactly. months. We'll see. So it's, um, it's cool. Just kind of being in touch with your body. And instead of outsourcing your to counting macros and counting calories and looking at your data trackers, right. It's like, get in touch with the the signals that your body is sending mm-hmm. you. We're getting mm-hmm. some signals all the time. Our body is trying mm-hmm. to communicate with us. We just sometimes constantly. Have yeah. And give a, give our bodies a chance to like to be heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that does mean just checking in with your body and kind mm-hmm. of asking it how it's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Making space and time for that. And it, it for me, just to, my final thoughts are it starts for me with that circadian alignment and being lined up with time of day, time of year, getting that light in my eyes every morning and blocking the artificial light at night, grounding. The simple and free things have allowed me to have more intuition and be more in touch with my body than any fitness tracker I've ever spent money on, any coach, any macro tracking, any of that stuff. It has been this simple free stuff of like, what time of day it is, what time of year it is, is my body? No, do we know? And am I honoring that? And the more that I've strengthened that, 
the more that I can rely on, hmm, let's skip dinner or let's have that sweet potato today. Or let's, you know, like I can rely upon that, uh, that conversation a lot more. Totally. I wholeheartedly have that same experience and totally love what you just said. It's, it's absolutely the truth. So hopefully more and more people will start to kind of get in touch with that, that communication that's happening all the time. And it doesn't start with circadian and it starts with just taking the time. I think part of those practices is just kind of taking the time to mm-hmm. step away from busyness. Right. And it does, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity for those communications to come through as well. Exactly. Well, this has been fun. We'll have more fun conversations ahead. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm.